Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. The normal intros are back. No beret, no core cat for us this week. Back <laughs> no, to normal. No beret and baguetting. Yeah, no. disappointed, mate. I really am. Welcome back to the Can't Move podcast on the Aston Villa News Facebook page. We're only here for a quick one today, uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. So I've had a very busy day. And I know you have as well. But it's Premier League's back. This Saturday for Aston Villa. This is the the week of build up begins. I guess um, we've got a few podcasts planned for this week, and this is the first kind of mini episode. We did our big pre season preview last Wednesday. That came out last Thursday, and in, in that there was a lot of talk about formations and players and managers and tactics and all these different things. So I want to talk about the feeling. Let's get, let's get emotional about it. Let's get soppy about things. The feeling of football coming back. And there is a handy uh, survey questionnaire that we're going to go through as well, which ties into that. Proper football's back. Pre-season's over now. Excited. You asked me about the emotions when I was in Brisbane. I nearly cried on you. I nearly wept <laughs> in, the, in the press box. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback. I can't believe it. Um, yeah, countdown's on now. Saturday, three o'clock. It should be red up there in Bournemouth. And I fancy Villa to do the business, you know, getting up, getting rocking and rolling. And I fancy putting them to the sword so a lot of excitement now uh, pre-season's done it's finished finished in Wren on Saturday and uh, we're here yeah finally and it's going to be a big season you know a lot of excitement anticipation I can feel it now mm. um, so yeah I'm feeling good pretty, pretty, pretty optimistic about it um, from what I've seen over pre-season and now the squad's shaping up and and yeah month ago until the window closes as we know but yeah I'm pretty happy pretty content and I, I think we can really upset the established order as it were and go at it full ammo yeah yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it I mean we talked in the section in that podcast last week about the top six of the Premier League and the bottom three of the Premier League and I cut that out from the episode in the end because I felt it was a bit bit waffly away from Aston Villa but we've got it on record of where we think the league will finish just you know, just in case one of us is right I can't remember what any of us said about Bournemouth though about being towards the bottom about whether they're in the bottom three. I think most people suggest they're going to go down. But there's still that thought in the back of my mind that thinks it's a tough opening game because they'll kind of be well up for it. Newly promoted side is a, is a classic banana skin. But since last week, <laughs> as we get ever close to that first game, I'm now starting to feel like, you know, I think we might beat Bournemouth and beat them quite convincingly. I don't know whether that's just the, the blind optimism of, of a new season on the horizon, but Bournemouth look like they could be in a, a real mess. I think I think Villa will be a lot, on a lot of people's accumulators this weekend. I really do. They'll be decent odds away from home. I think Bournemouth only signed three players. They made, made, made a signing today. Tavernier from Borough for yeah. about fourteen million pounds. They haven't done much. I think three transfers before that. I think wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, Scott Parker's already getting the excuses in as well. We haven't done enough mm. this window. We're still short. So it's a chance to, for Villa to really stamp their authority on, on clubs like Bournemouth and pick up three points. Went to Watford last season, opening day. Got burnt, and you you think your McGinn's and your who, who involved that day would learn from that. Your Martinez's and listen, we need to uh, quiet the crowd down. Don't don't let, let get the towels up early on and take the sting out of it. And 
get a goal and, and build on that. So I'm, I'm confident. I am. I really am. Three 0 I think. I think it'd be quite easy. You can cut this clipper on Monday, mate. When, I, when, when we lose, when we lose. But uh, I'm confident. I think a good time to play Bournemouth. They're not a really happy camp at the moment. I haven't done too much business, and Villa are in a good place. I'm beating over pre-season, so I need to bed it in now. And um, and yeah, I think I think we will we will beat them. Yeah, Parker said we're six days out from the start of the Premier League. This was at the weekend. Yeah. And we're way short of where we need to be. Yeah. Ultimately, we need help. Um, yeah, not a happy camp. And I mean, like I just said earlier, I'm kind of uh, doing the opposite of you here, building myself up to look right next week when Bournemouth mm-hmm. do beat us 1 0 and we look silly for being overconfident. But, you know, as we first thought, newly promoted side on the first day is a banana skin. I'm now looking at it thinking it's a very kind of favourable start and it should be, as I've just said, three points and then confidence of that goes into your first home game against Everton who again I said last week and I preview that I cut out that I think you and, and, and John tipped them to go down and I still think they'll be alright I'm not saying they're going to be good but I don't think they'll actually drop but you look at that and think that that should be again on paper a six point start for Villa and that's massive going into Palace then with a bit of confidence I know I'm getting yep. way carried away here but you, you it, it, it's not <laughs> difficult to to look at that and think Villa could could big capital C on that could get nine points from the first three. Momentum, I think the fixtures are kind on paper. On paper, I know. But if you win one, that's a habit then. You want to win the next one. Mm. And that's what Villa need to do this season. Start backing up results with back-to-back wins and beating beating some of the big boys as well. It's one I want to say. I want to see us improving our home form as well. That wasn't good enough last season, home form. There's a big crowd down Villa now every week and they, they want to be entertained. They want, they want to go home happy. And that needs to be the case this season. So I think we're right to be excited and a bit bit carried away down, I really do, because Villa got the business done early. As Gerard said last week, I don't think a lot of people give Villa enough credit for doing that so early. And like you say, beating off Champions League clubs to sign the likes of Diego Carlos, who was very good at the weekend, and, and Kamara. So um, squad's good place. It's, it's quite bloated, isn't it? As, as Gerard said, it's got a big squad at the moment, hence the, the amount of bounce games they've had. They played Fulham last week behind closed doors and stuff like that. So, but yeah, um, confident. Gotta beat you. You gotta beat the newly promoted side. I know. I know it's it's tough. Really struggled against Brentford away last season and, and Watford, obviously. But uh, yeah, confident. You gotta be confident going into the, the opening day. Everyone is, and there's no no excuse not to be. Yeah, if you want to bridge the gap to be at a top half side and be pushing for Europe and you know seventh, eighth, ninth place, you don't want to be looking back to the, the start for we've had here and we're coming away with three points out of that first nine or four points and thinking you've possibly played two of the sides that are going to get relegated. And Crystal Palace, who you, you expect to be a mid-table side at, at best, possibly, you know, you don't want to be coming out of that with anything less than six points, I guess, if you want to be pushing for those those European places, like the ruthless size of you know, West Ham or, or something like that of recent years, they put these sides to bed, get the points and move on, and, and that's what Villa have struggled to do at times. So, as I said at the start of this little video, it's about a feeling and as of Monday, I'm feeling confident, I'm feeling excited and optimistic because if you can't get op- optimistic at the, the thought of a new 38 game season, then when can you? Exactly that, mate, yeah, 100%. Um, not much disruption this summer as well compared to last. I think it's it's all it's all settled. I know we had Marco Bill leaving and the assistant manager thing stuff, but on the whole, I think it's it's been quite a, a settled and, and good camp. I've been in Australia, I've been to Ren, I've been around the group. They're getting good vibes from it as well. So, like you say, the feel is a good one. And, um, yeah, win on Saturday, it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll again, isn't it? Full house next week against Everton as well. Yeah, I'm feeling good, mate. And yeah, long may continue. Huh? 
just talking about the home fixtures, you said there about you know you've got to have a better home record. Obviously, playing nineteen games at home. What would you say is a, a, a feasible or realistic target for for wins at home? You want to win at least half your home games, at least, didn't you, Dan? I think that's a mm. your ballpark, isn't it? At least eight eight there. Uh, what was it last season? So nine, nine is half. No, nine, yeah, nine sorry, nine. Half, yeah. yeah, but you want to win the, you want to win the majority of your home games and and, and really challenge them. Who are in the top 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 four, top five to and really worry them when they come here. I think Matt, we did that against Man City last season. Hmm. Ran then close uh, first half against Tottenham, <laughs> really good, and then that ended four 0 as we know. So yeah, some more ninety minute performances at home and, and, and taking chances when you have them and, and seeing games out, which I think given the bit of improved the spine of the team with Kamara and Diego Carlos, that that will help massively. On Villa Park a fortune this year. I think it was too easy to play against last season. Hence the atmosphere. You was there down in the stands. It wasn't too good of an atmosphere, was it, at times last season? And hopefully we win some early games and get the momentum again. I think it can be quite an intimidating place for, for people to come. So I want that to be the case, and I'm sure Gerard does as well. Yeah, I was trying to think of an answer myself then as, as you were talking through about how many wins I would like to go. I've got a season ticket. How many wins I would like to go and see Villa get next season at Villa Park. I kind of feel like maybe the other way around, how many games do I want to come away with having lost? And I'd like to not lose more than three or four, maybe. Yeah. For that whole season at Villa Park. Maybe 10, 11 wins, four or five draws, three losses, if that makes 19. I think it does. Um, you know, you're obviously going to have a couple of big games that are going to be difficult, Liverpool, Man City. You're going to lose the odd game. You expect to have won a, a home game against a lesser side that come and, and sneak something. But I think if you can win 10 or 12 and draw th- three or four, that's a good home record for the majority of the season, a good foundation. Only five other teams in the Premier last season, Dan, had, had a worse record than Villa at home. Mm, they only won six change. of their 19. That's not good enough. And look at someone like Leicester last season. Leicester didn't have a good season by any means, but home four, won 10, drew four, lost five, winning 10, 10 and 19. There you that, go. That's, that's about right. That's about, the, that's about right, isn't it? So, and in the home table, they were seventh. So you're going to be knocking on them doors. Obviously, Leicester's away form let them down. So hopefully. Yeah, we get to double figures for for home wins. That's what you want. Um, what about predicted eleven for next week? I'm going to ask you, even though I already know because I've prepared a graphic. So I'll put it up on screen and you talk us through it. So Martinez, yeah, start out, and then I'll run through the back four in a minute. Um, yeah, Matty Cash, he'll be nailed on starter. So will Luca Dina, and so will Diago Carlos from what I seen at the weekend as well. I was on uh, the flight back from Paris yesterday, and Diago Carlos was on the, on the flight. Um, <laughs> was stuck on the ground for about half an hour on, on Birmingham Airport. So. But yeah, hopefully he's okay for next week. He played really well against Wren. And who will partner him, Dan? Means, Concert or Chambers? I think Chambers, from what I've seen, is ahead of them at the moment. Ahead of them three. Bit of a reality-facing Toro. Means this season for the first time in his Villa career. He's not a nailed-on starter now, where he was previously, wasn't he? Ever since he came through the door, Mings, yeah, I think yeah. he won the first names on the team sheet. That's no longer the case now. Hence the captains he changed last week. So, as things stand, I think... I think I think Mings, Mings might be on the bench at the weekend. I think Chambers has done enough to just edge out Conta, um for me. So, I'll, like I said, I'd be happy with anyone coming in to partner Diego Carlos at the back. Midfield, I've gone for McGinn, Kamara, and then, like we've, we've chatted before, there's a shirt up for grabs there for me. Probably Jacob Ramsey just edges it, given his form last season. But he hasn't showed that form in pre-season, so we'll see. But I think Ramsey just ahead of Douglas and, and, and Sanson for now. And up front, I think he might go for a forward line, a three-man forward line. Leon Bailey has to start, said that, keep saying it. He's a man in form. Just every time he gets the ball, he looks to do something, looks confident on the ball. You can see his body language. His ears prick up when, he, when he's got, got someone one-on-one. 
Um, so he needs to start on the right-hand side. Left-hand side, I think Coutinho's a bit, a bit of a favourite for Gerrard, isn't he? Ahead of Buendia. I think he's, mm. I think he, that's the case. I know I know people are banging on to start Buendia. I'd like to see him start as well. Can the pair of them start in a bit of a different system? And I want to see Buendia as an eight in the season. Can that happen? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's busy enough to do that job. He'll have protection in there with Kamara and McGinn. So why not? Give him the shackles in the, in the bit deeper. And he picks up the ball really deep at times anyway, Buendia. Too deep at times. So mm. that, that could be an option. Um, I mean, that's not a bad shout for, for the opening day, to be fair. If we're talking about Louise maybe not doing much and Ramsey not having a great pre-season either. Yeah. Buendia has looked all right in pre-season the moments he's got, but we're struggling to fit him in. I mean, yeah. it would have been, Buendia played off the right, and if Norwich, it would have been fair to say that Coutinho on the left, Buendia on the right, but Bailey's emergence in pre-season yeah. makes him a guaranteed starter now. So Buendia, McGinn and Kamara as a three, away from home on the opening day, when you're expected to go and win, well, it's not out of the realm of the realm as a possibility that, that that could be an option. No, not at all. I think he's got a bit more, um, a bit more about him in that midfield area, Buendia, than than a Coutinho. I think we've seen Coutinho play in that role against one of the Australian games. Brisbane Raw, wasn't it? I think Brisbane Raw. So Gerard has toyed with that, um, dropping Coutinho back a bit. But I think Buendia's more suited. I think he he gets around the pitch a bit more, bit more work rate to his game than Coutinho has. Um, and Coutinho could do his damage from, from the left hand side. A bit more space for him to work with the, with the front man. So, yeah, 4-3, so with Bailey, I think Coutinho's just ahead of Buendia, based on Gerard's preference at the moment, and up front in attack, probably Watkins, you know, just edging it, but there's a debate to be had there. Ings, should he start the weekend? From the preferences, from what I've seen, I think I think Gerard is, is liking Watkins at the moment. Something that I'll ask Gerard about this week, I'm following the presser about his striking department, big talking point, and, um, from pre-season massive talking point let's run through this server and I'm going to flash it up on screen from time to time uh, if I press the right button I've also put a comment uh, a link in the comments so you can go and fill it out yourself uh, I'm not going to go through and fill all these out but the format is basically a quick question a zero means something bad a hundred means good uh, so we'll answer these very quickly I think there's six slash I'll give you your answers and fill it in uh, yeah. what is your happiness level with the club overall, zero is absolutely devastated and 100 would be, couldn't be happier. Probably about 80, 80 out of 100, 8 out of 10 at the moment, if not more. Um, if, I'm, I'm always optimistic as, as a little writer, I think it, it helps to be. Um, yeah, from what I've seen in the summer, Dan, there's a real, real good feel, good factor. I know people want more more, more transfers in, bit more strengthening, but from the, the group as a whole and the business they've got done, I'm quite happy with how things are. Moving forward now, Gerard's first full season this this summer. I mean this season. New, new, new Villa Park development in the spring. Christian Perslow speaking well over pre-season. Really targeting European qualification this year or next. A couple of cups to go for. We haven't had a, we haven't had a, the draws yet, but yeah, a couple of cups to go for. Yeah, academy the academy signings. They've set they've they're making waves in that again as well this summer. The academy lads in the first team, your Feenies, your Kessler Haydens, your Irig Boonhams, they're really emerging. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. 80 out of 100, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so there we go, 80 on that little bar chart. How do you approve of your club's ownership? Zero, get them out of the club. Now, 100 club legends. I'm not going to whole hog here, 100. What do you reckon? Really? Uh, what, more, so- what more could they do? So I approve I, the wording. I mean, this survey wasn't me, so the wording I've got fault. I've got problems with here. How much do you yeah. approve of the club's ownership? A hundred out of hundred. I agree with everything they've done. Club legends is the phrase I don't like there. I don't think you can be a club legend until you've won something. Um, I'm going a hundred, maybe a ninety-five, and the I don't know the maximum improvements. 
don't know, to the, to the press lounge food or something. But listen, <laughs> they, they saved the Villa from oblivion, remember, Dan? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. 2018, Dr. Tony's here, gambled everything. We could have been could have been gone. The amount of money they spent on transfers as well. I know, I know they needed to do it in, in promotion, yeah, and a lot of them players have moved on now. But well, is it 400, 500 million on, on players? It's, it's approaching that. They're back in the managers, the back Smith, the back Gerard. I'm, I'm more than happy with the owners, but I don't know what more people want. Yeah, I totally agree. I just can't call them club legends because they haven't won anything. <laughs> That's literally my only credence with with that wording. Next question. What level of ambition do you believe your club shows? Zero, no ambition whatsoever. A hundred, we couldn't show any more. Ooh, I'm going to flip this one to you then. Go on. <laughs> I thought you might do that the way you answered yeah. that then. I think everything you just said there about the owners plowing money, uh, appointing Gerard with kind of having a bit of a plan. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll be here for the long term. Hmm. Um, stumping up the cash for for transfers and stuff, and and not kind of backing down and going. You know what? We spent a lot of money. You've got to start delivering. They're still kind of giving Gerard the money he needs and the players he thinks he needs. Whether they actually deliver anything with that, yeah. Um, you know, football's a, a ninety minute game, isn't it? It's, it's what happens on the pitch. So I think they've they've got ambition. Uh, we couldn't show any more though. I mean, you could, couldn't you? Because you could spend infinite amounts of money if you had you know infinite ambition so I'd, again i'd say similar to the the question before upper 90s they have shown a level of ambition they're back in the transfer fees they've spent on players is pretty decent went there last summer nearly 40 million on him club record but mm. they smashed the club record every season apart from yeah. this season obviously yeah 80 80 onwards i think they've got, they've got to break that mold now they've got to break the get into that little cluster now of the top seven eight uh us dams have kicked on Leicester's previously, Wolves have had a good seat, had a good season previously as well. They need to get into that that little cluster of teams now, and really knock on the door. So there's more more to do ambition wise with, with, with the recruitment. I think I think we could get some more more high level players in. I think Gerard said that we can't stop now, mm. given given what they've done this summer. So more of the same, please. And yeah, the ambition they're showing is is on course to take us where we are. So yeah, um, seventy five upwards for me on that on that little on that, on that little chart. Okay, all right. I'll put it at 95. <laughs> let's go in the middle then, let's go 85. Um, how happy are you with your club's approach to transfers? Zero, they haven't done anything right. 100 equals perfect. Getting them do two deals done so so soon after last season, then Kamara, Diego, Carlos, um, was very good. Business on the whole last summer was an interesting one, wasn't it? With the, with the Bailey, Ings and Buendia on the Grealish money. That was an interesting way to look at it. We posed those speech of, we've signed three players, to, to replace Jack's Jack's uh, qualities, that was an interesting way of doing things. Um, Yaman Langa has been in here now for two seasons. Twenty twenty, he first joined. Yeah. So obviously he's big on stats and data. I'm quite pleased with how they're doing the business. The squad I think on paper. Get... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I think on paper the signings that they've made should have should have worked. So yeah. again, if, if led by a stats based kind of. Uh, program, if you like, you know, Ings is a proven goal scorer. He should have scored more than seven on paper. I think they probably would have expected more than that last year. Yeah, they would have expected Bailey to to do more and not have um, injury problems. Um, Coutinho, Buendia, Kamara, Carlos, Cash, Martinez, Dean, like they've oh, transformed the the spine of the squad really from your Harahan and yeah. Glenn Whelan of promotion and kind of people like that we've, we've moved on since then haven't we and, and then built that side to stay up moved on from that even now of your Engels and people like yeah. that um, Ali Samata so there's, there's been a few misses in there but 
you can see the thinking behind the players that they have signed. No, there seems to be a change in the guard now as well. You look at the Toro Mings, for example, he's not, he's not a guaranteed starter now, so things are t- mm. starting to change in that sense. Yeah, that 2020 summer, you cash your Watkins, that, 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 they previously didn't play Premier League football. They, they really worked. They, they, they've been great signings so far. Martinez was a great deal to do as well. Mm. That come out of the blue. Um, a lot of people thinking Tom Heaton stays the number one. No, yeah. moved in to get get Martinez for twenty million pounds, and what what a deal that's turned out to be. So they've got a lot right. But now, as Gerard said last season, he wants to improve the, the age profile. He wants more international caps through the door, more Champions League appearances through the door now, and, and real take it to the next level, which he's doing with Kamara, Carlos, Augustinsson's played European football, Olsen's been around the block, Sweden's number one keeper. So he's, he wants more experience. More people who've been there, got the T-shirt, and those that can dig in. So there's a change now again, like there was in the promotion year um, with the players that shipped out, whatever. And there's a change now happening. And um, like I say, it's an exciting time to, to be a Villa supporter. And Gerard makes the effort to, to go to see these these transfer targets. He has a real pull, as we know. He, he's got an aura about him. He's, he's very convincing. So, yeah, I think Gerard has a big say in that as well. So the approach transfers, I think... Considering what other other clubs have done, I think Villa have done very well, and it doesn't get spoken about enough, you know. I've put ninety because I think it's yeah. very difficult. I mean, for, you're talking numbers here. Ninety is nine out of ten, ninety percent. Well, I don't think there's such thing as this as ten out of ten. Perfect. Um, I feel like last year there was conversations about we were all talking about we need a, a defensive midfielder or, or number six. So, so why can't the club see it? Why didn't they do it? Then this year, if we don't sign a number eight, I think there'll be the same conversations. How do people go, I feel like we still need a, a midfielder. Why aren't we signing one? So in terms of the club's approach, then you could have some questions of a 10% factor and go, they still look a bit short. Why aren't they making more signings? But I think for the most part, 90%, 9 out of 10, happy with, with what they're doing. How much trust do you place in the manager and coaching staff to deliver success this season? Uh, or success for the club is the actual question. Zero, sack them. <laughs> 100. I don't know who's worded these. Zero, sack them. 100. <laughs> give them a 10 year contract. Now, again, I trust in Gerard and the coaching staff because I've said many times before, I trust in whoever's here at the moment. Of course. It's very yeah. rare that I will look at a manager that we've got and go, oh, I don't think this is the right fix. So I'll go there as a fan every week yeah. and support them until they're no longer at the club anymore. So I can't sit here and go, oh, I'd only trust them you know, 50%. It's neither here or there, I'm not quite sure. So as a fan, I want to go there and support them and hopefully, you know, as a fan, get them over the line to, to win matches and, and deliver success. On this voting thing, I can't put 10 out of 10 because I don't agree with give them a 10-year contract. So I think that's, yeah. that's a silly phrase as well. Um, so on this specifically, I'd say 60, 70, like I trust them, I support them. Um, zero, sack them, obviously not. I think that's silly. Um, but I, yeah, I back Gerard. I, I, I agree with where things are going. So yeah, as a fan, Dan, what have you made of Gerard so far? Have you warm, really warmed to him? Do you like what he says? Do you like his style he's coming out with in terms of how Villa are playing? What, what you, as a fan, as your fan, you go down every week. You, do you like this Gerard Villa? I like him. I like him as a character. Yeah, I think his mentality is good, and I think that that breeds a good kind of environment in the training yep. ground and stuff like that. The mentality and wanting to win and, and having good standards. I think that's all good principles for a football club to have. Mm. I've got some doubts about whether the football is correct in terms of tactical kind of things. Like I look at someone like Wendy and think, how is he not getting minutes? But then you think, yeah. well, Coutinho is Philippe Coutinho. Like you almost got to play him to a certain extent. Okay. Um, so there's some occasions where I think 
a, a change could be made or a tweak could be made. But you know, I'm a fan sat on the sidelines. Like, what do I know? Um, but ultimately, you know, if Gerard's if if the season last season was just Gerard's time, we'd have finished ninth, and that would have been our highest finish for ten years. Yeah. So if this full season upcoming is our highest finish for for ten years, and we do finish ninth, eighth, seventh, obviously higher would be nice, and we go far in the cups as well. There's no reason to to doubt Gerald. I, I do think that the qualities I listed first of him as a character and as a person, I do think that's a, an important foundation for for building a uh, an environment at a football club. Yeah, a lot of trust for me. I, I get to speak to him on, on a regular basis, Dan, and I, I'm like you. The stuff he comes out with, and I, I, I will, I feel what he's saying. I, I will get, I'm, I'm buying into it. I really am. Um, I trust him what he says. So, yeah. He's got it all to do. The pressure's on, as it always is in the Villa Park hot seat. Dean Smith will tell you that, and managers previously will tell you that. So the pressure's on right from the world go. Um, yeah, 70s fair. I'll go with that. Uh, how do you rate the atmosphere inside your club stadium on match day? Zero toxic, 100 <laughs> it's ever been. It's not zero, it's certainly not 100 either. Now, I suppose we can answer this from two parts. We're both in the stadium every single weekend. You get to see more away games, which was that the question? Was it just at home? Yeah, it's just at home to fair. But you can give us some away influence as well, because obviously you'll go to every single game. You've been to pre-season as well, so you've seen Villa fans across the world even. You get to see it up in the press box, which isn't far away from our season to get your seat to be fair. So we've got the same kind of atmosphere at home. I'm not in the hole to anything like that. Yeah. I think I think it's good when it's good, which is yeah, a, of a is. stupid thing to say. Yeah, if we're winning, it's good. It is good. The, when they come out, I think it's good. I think the initial kind of burst of energy is good. But if nothing really happens in the first five or ten minutes, it's very easy to go, oh, it's a bit quiet around here. Like, you know, yeah. we need to kind of get something going. If you're losing, it's difficult. Um, but I, it's that kind of chicken or egg thing, isn't it? Have the players on the pitch got to give something to make us support them or do we have to support yeah. them to make the players on the pitch, you know, kind yeah. of have the, the atmosphere to go? So, yeah, like I say, it's good when it's good, but it could certainly be better. And if I'm putting a number on it in terms of a percentage, 60? I was going to say 50 down the middle. Yeah. I was. It's good when it's good. It's bad when it's bad, isn't it? I wouldn't say bad, but I wouldn't say toxic as, as per that word there. It didn't get toxic at all last season. Um, even when we, we threw that that Wolves result away, um, but yeah, like you say, when, when it's when the players got something to feed off and, and vice versa, it can be a, a cauldron of noise, and our teams can wilt. But hopefully, it's improved on a more consistent basis next season. And like you say, to get the early goals, you can be bouncing, can't it? And you can get one, two, and you're ahead. It's very good, like you say, but it's the ability to. Really need to improve their home form, don't they? That's the bottom line. When it's November and it's cold and it's a five thirty kickoff and it's already dark and you're already two 0 down against Brentford at home, yep. it's very easy to sit there and go, "Oh, this is rubbish, isn't it?" Yeah. And you don't don't have that kind of desire in you to to go and cheer on regardless. It's very easy to sit there and just say, "Yeah, you've got to support them no matter what." But when you're actually there, it it is difficult. But like I say, if Villa win 10 games at home, you, you will see a better atmosphere. I think that's a good place to leave it. There was actually a comment on our YouTube page of um, the last episode we did uh, after you, after the rain game. Where mm-hmm. At the start, I said, oh, you know, welcome back to the podcast. This will be a quite short episode. We'll see how things go. And we did like 25 minutes. And at the start of today, I said, oh, we'll be here for 10 minutes. And it's now 37 minutes later. <laughs> and why that happens? First of all, when you're at, when you're at a stadium, and I'm working on a match day, I don't know how much time we're going to get before you get kicked no. out of a stadium or something. So I don't want to say, oh yeah, welcome back, let's chat about things. And then five minutes later, someone taps you on the shoulder and says, you need to leave. Because then we yeah. have to cut things short when it's live. When me and Matt are doing them, and we've just watched it on TV or whatever, 
we're not working on those days. We can go for as long as we like, so I don't say yeah. it then. And for these, it's still a working day, so I'm expecting maybe to get a message or an email to ask me to do something else. So I just mm-hmm. want to kind of set the precedent and go, oh, this might be a quick one just in case. Yeah. But no one's come for me, so here we are 40 minutes later. There you go. Um, it was a good chat. I thought it was worth doing. Uh, yeah. As I said a few times, plug the podcast season preview. I'm going to play a quick uh, quick clip of that now uh, and put a link to the uh, YouTube video in the comments so if you want more chat from myself and Ash and Matt and John as well then this is a taste of what you've got coming up managers need time to build things Jared's impressed me enough to give him a whole season um, since he came in I think we I'm not sure the average position was you know pretty good it's nice I think yeah, yeah they, you know so there's expectation but we've we got to back the manager and I think that's what they'll do I don't know, do we? He's had, he's had his first summer now, so he came in November. It's always difficult. Yeah. Not your group of players. Yeah. And I thought I thought he'd started really well, didn't he? Obviously inconsistent then. But now's the time. He's had a full pre season. No excuses now. He's got players in the board have backed him as well. And I think he's, he's set up nicely, being in Australia and coming back now. Ten days, ten days before the start of the season. I think he's in a nice place. And, yeah, I think the foundations are there to really, really have a successful season. I uploaded that as a random clip earlier, but it made sense because we talked about it earlier. So that, that was good. You've had a haircut since then. I needed one, yeah. Desperate hair, that, that trim there. Jesus. Who let me leave the house with that, that barnet? You know, I actually quite like the long hair, the little the little fringe bit at the front there. It looked all right. Ah, uh, needed a trim. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that we'll, we'll call it a day there. Like I said, this is a short one, 40 minutes. Um, Ash, thanks for your time. Thank as you. always, we'll continue building up to Bournemouth on the Climate Blue podcast. I think me and Pat are going to have a catch up uh, possibly tomorrow, actually. Uh, and then you and me, Ash, will do one after the press out on Friday, lunchtime, early afternoon, something like that. Yeah. And then it'll probably be you and me again on Saturday evening, uh, live from the Vitality Stadium when someone taps you on the shoulder and says, right, it's time to leave and we'll do five minutes. But hopefully it'll be five minutes talking about Aston Villa winning the opening game. Uh, so everyone, thank you very much for tuning in. I've left the link to that survey that we've just talked about in the comments and in the YouTube description to go and fill that in. That will help us out. Uh, yep. And if you've not watched that long hour-long season preview, you can go and do that too. Thank you very much, Ash. We'll see you again Cheers. in a few days. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.